Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my True Believer stories that have collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. Everything is good here, and I know you're not going to be hearing this for just a little bit, but... Now we're into November, what I call the home stretch of the year. And of course, in South Florida, we're barely in the 70s, which is kind of cool, but uh, it's still, you know, crazy weather here in the sense that it's hot. <laughs> Every I look at the news and, you know, you see up in these northern states, it's like so cold. And down here, we're still. And um, everybody's always asking me how the farm is going. And yeah, uh, now, as a matter of fact, is when I start doing my hard work, because since we finished with the rainy season, uh, then I've got a hundred trees that I got to keep watered and uh, So believe it or not, this is when I do a lot of my hard work Which is to make sure that I get my trees watered because even though they're a year old uh, they, they still haven't you know gone down and and uh, basically hit the aquifer that we have here in uh, Florida and uh, You know and again, and I, I mentioned this the other day and I want to say it again I can't I can't get over how quick they're bringing in the Christmas stuff. It was like, here we are, everything is Christmas, Christmas. And don't get me wrong, I love Christmas, but it was like, we were barely out of August and everything was Christmas. It was like, well, what happened to everything in between? And, um, you know, and I wanna, we're, we're gonna mention, this subject I'm gonna talk, bring up, we'll, we'll discuss it with my guest, with our guest in a minute, which is um, almost like, uh, that they wanna like oh, pass over Thanksgiving. Like what happened to Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, it was almost like before, Thanksgiving was the kickoff for Christmas. Even though, yeah, you would see Christmas here, Christmas there, or autumn stuff. Usually it was like, okay, Thanksgiving is come and gone. Now is when we're really getting into the Christmas stuff. And it's almost like um, they wanna put Thanksgiving off on the sidelines. And I have a problem with that. But anyway, let me tell you the really exciting stuff, which is, who our guest is tonight. And this is someone who's been here before and I'm so happy to have him back. His name is Bill Bean. 
Reverend Bill Bean. And he is, of course, for those of you who are not familiar with him, which is hard to believe, he is a deliverance minister and exorcist. He travels throughout the United States helping individuals and families uh, to arrive at solutions to cases of demonic possession, oppression, curses, and extreme hauntings. He has helped people worldwide in over 40 countries, also via Skype. He does a lot of extensive traveling on site, but he's not limited to that. He also uh, can help those, you know, this is like, this is the good side of uh, technology for those that are in another country. And um, one of the things that, that Bill has done recently is he uh, redid his book, Dark Forces Revisited. This is his story about his own, uh, what happened with his family. And like we were talking before we started recording, uh, he has a better understanding. He says even some details now are easier for him to recall, which is why he went ahead and he re-edited the book and brought it out. But anyway, uh, help me to welcome Bill back. How are you doing, Bill? I'm doing great, Marlene. Thank you so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be on with you. No, it is my pleasure, on the contrary. And um, we were talking, uh, you, you said like that you're traveling all over the place. Um, mm, yeah, nonstop. Nonstop. And uh, I'm sure that everybody presents with different cases. I'm sure when they come and they contact you, uh, let me ask you, is there a threshold or something that you say, okay, I need to be there in person if I can? Is there something that you would say has to be a benchmark that you say, this this, this, this cannot be handled remotely? Yeah, I mean, um, the power of God could do anything, and we mm -hmm. praise Him for that. But there are some times that I, and I, how can I say this? I don't claim to be anyone or anything, so I don't claim any special powers, or I don't claim to be special at all. I'm just somebody that God works through to do great things, and I praise God for it. It's Him. It's not me. Um, so... With that said, I have to maintain a super close and personal relationship with God, and therefore my connection with God always has to be strong. And so, again, that said, I rely on spiritual discernment from God to guide me for each case and individual. And if God is putting it on my spirit that I need to be there in person with someone or family, well, then that's exactly what I'll do. And then I'll say that to those people. And, and yes, you're right. Like in the introduction, I've helped hundreds of people uh, via Skype, you know, and, and mm -hmm. people in over 40 different countries. And I praise God for that. But I've also helped hundreds more in person, you know, all over the United States and continue to do so. And it's the greatest thing in the world. A, to know what your purpose is in life, and B, that God actually is working through me to take this evil garbage out and off and away from people, and then they have this miraculous transformation to where they go from victim to victor, just like mm -hmm. God did for me. So it is the greatest feeling in the world, Marlene, to know that somebody has actually had their life transformed in that way. Well, and, and you mentioned something really important, which was that I'm sure that when you were enduring these things in your childhood and with your family, you know, yeah. you, you sometimes, of course, you don't see beyond it, but you yourself have said, those experiences has helped me now. 
uh, to who I am and my understanding. I totally agree. You know, I could not be here where I'm at right now had I not been there. It was a necessary part of my mm -hmm. journey. We all have a journey in life, and everybody's been down the long and hard roads in some way, shape, or form uh, throughout their lifetime. And I, again, I could not be here as this spiritual warrior, God working through me to help these people, had I not been there to be victimized and to suffer and to experience just about anything that you can imagine in a paranormal, supernatural type of way. Right. And, and the reason why I mentioned this is that sometimes people, when they have these experiences similar or, like you said, they feel like victimized or... Sometimes yeah. they don't they don't understand like why me? You know, why is this happening to me? Especially if it's something exactly. that they didn't they didn't do it looking for. It. They weren't dabbling, they just it just happens, you know, for whatever reason. And they can't figure out why, you know, like God's picking on me or, you know, or or why is this happening to me? And it's just sometimes I guess that we can't see the whole road. We don't see what's around the curve for us. And at that yeah. moment in time, it feels like I'm, uh, you know, for some people, I'm living under a cloud, uh, or they don't see any good coming out of it at all, ever, ever. You're absolutely right, and so this is why it's invaluable for me to be in this position that God has placed me in. I didn't seek this out. I didn't want to mm -hmm. do this. God called me to do it, and so I perfectly, you know, it makes perfect sense to me now, and I could go um, to anyone or to any client or family's home and and they realize that I have, you know, had horrific experiences and I know what it's like to suffer. And then all of a sudden, the wall, you know, comes down because when people have suffered high levels of trauma, mm -hmm. they don't trust anybody and they don't want to talk about it. Yes. They try to bury it. It's so painful that they can't even bring it up. Um, however, it is necessary to come up because if it doesn't come up, then that will give the devil legal right to be there. So we must get these things up, out, yes. and off. And that's where my uh, job comes in and my calling from God, God working through me to get that. I mean, I just had a, I was just to a family uh, two days ago in uh, Virginia, wonderful people, and um, they were suffering in uh, a severe way, and I don't want to go into the details because mm -hmm. I respect my client's sure. privacy, but um, some people will talk about these things and others they don't, you know, they want to keep it private, but let me tell you, um, there was a high degree of suffering there, evil was present there, uh, and God worked through me to take all of that and break all of that off of them, and it was so great, just such a great feeling to know that they were okay, and I was on a show last night, okay. and a recent family that I had helped in Seattle, they did want to talk about it. And okay. uh, Frank and Cheryl are wonderful people, love them dearly. And I went out there a couple of weeks ago, and um, they too were having severe demonic problems. And uh, family of four, and so it was Frank and Cheryl, and Cheryl's daughter, and uh, Cheryl's sister, and they had all suffered horrifically from childhood into their adult years. They carried that around with them for many, many years, okay. and the, the major attack was taking place uh, against the daughter, and... Um, let me just say this, that had I not gotten there when I had gotten there, 
tragedy could have come out of that. And so I am just overjoyed to tell you that God really did work through me to take all that evil and negativity and all those strongholds and curses and hexes and vexes and spells off of them. It was an exhaustive process. That's because I had to perform four separate deliverances for each of them. And, um, and was this like a family, like a, was this something that was attached to the family line? Let's just say yes, it was a family okay. bloodline curse and it was affecting okay. them in a horrific way and they had all suffered, you know, from childhood up. Yes. And yes. they are doing great. And Frank and Cheryl came on that show last night and just, it, it gave me chills. It, my heart just, I can't describe the feeling, uh, Marlene, in knowing mm -hmm. that they're okay and they're going to be okay. So yes. people hear me say praise God all the time. I'm not some carnival bucker, televangelist or whatever. I'm real and the right. power of God working through me is real and I so when I say praise God I mean praise God because he is worthy of 24-7 praise right and people don't realize that like I said when they've when they're going like you said years because it sounds like something that happened to this family and I'm sure like others that you've encountered for years sometimes yeah. uh, that they try to and, and by this I'm not saying uh, you know they go to mental health counselors they even go to regular doc, you know, MDs. They go well, through they all did. the secular they, they avenues. Go to mental health counselors, yeah, they 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 explored all the avenues. And uh, and I even hate to say, a lot of them sometimes end up getting medicated, uh, yeah. all for years later to realize it's you know being held together like by a band aid. And that's I, I'm sure that that's when they arrive on your doorstep. And people don't realize that. Um, and I hate to say this because it sounds very trite. But you know that, that thing about hitting the bottom of the barrel when you surrender, when yeah, you say, yeah. I'm willing anything, whatever you, you know, whatever you say to do, I will do it. Okay. Because mm -hmm. they are willing, they, they realize at some point, uh, and, and I want to say almost contrary to what they even suspect spiritually, that this uh, is not going to be uh, uh, taken care of by therapy or by medicine as in, you know, medication. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. or like what you said, I'm just going to pretend it never happened. I, we won't talk about this. <laughs> right. Let's sweep it under the rug. Let's sweep it under the rug because it always comes back up. And mm -hmm. I think that's what happens. That's why, like you said, that, that people say, how could a family or an individual go years and years? And you'd, you'd be surprised how long people can either move around from house to house, depending, you know, and it'll follow them. Or yeah. um, they just, they learn how to manage it. Uh and and I want to say I hate to say it I'm sure there's people out there that never they, they they go through their whole lives basically enduring it uh, because they never want to talk about it they or, or they feel ashamed yeah. like they think it's something's wrong with me or with my family instead of reaching out for help let's say to somebody like you and which I'm sure you don't you you know you're not there to judge them in the sense of no. hey this is all your fault. <laughs> No, and a lot of these people, Marlene, I'm sorry to say, the most common thread in all this, not not in every case, but in a large percentage, yeah. goes back to childhood, and it, the the link is child molestation. Yes. And so when these types of wicked and heinous acts take place, of course, uh, the perpetrator absolutely is demon-filled to be able to carry out such wicked, heinous, vile yes. acts. But then, unfortunately... 
after the act takes place, then the demons are drawn to the victim. And why? Because the victim has just been exposed to a high level of trauma, which now has caused blood and secretions to come out from the pineal gland and the adrenal glands. And so that's uh, actually the most powerful drug on the black market called adrenochrome. And mm-hmm. demons are drawn to that like candy. So they will stay on the victim after that. And it's just so sad. And, and so, yes, people carry these things around for many years until someone like me comes along, God working through me, and then we can put a stop to it. And then it's time for the person to be free and to move forward yes. in what I mode yes and uh i think that what happens also bill and like you said when people have that type of trauma especially as a child yeah um there comes a point where you know that people have to accept it and by this people say oh forgive them no, no, i'm not saying forgiveness or that you can't travel back in time and redo it but you got you can't stop being victimized by it and people don't realize that like you said Chances are that whoever victimized his child, whether it was a caretaker, a parent, a stranger, whatever, they themselves might have been influenced demonically because I think that the aim of evil, and I'm going to put evil as in with a capital E, um, its thing is to cause human suffering, agony. I totally agree. And it's almost like, you know, and I'm not going to say all the time, but a lot of times it's like a ripple effect. The person that was victimized becomes a victimizer, especially if there was no one there to help them. Uh, and it's it almost vicious, like it, it's like a ripple cycle. effect. It, yeah. it affects those around them. Uh, and it's almost like this is like if, if I, if I, let's say a demon says, I, I can victimize this child. Okay. Not only will I hold it hostage, possibly depending unless they've run into somebody like you and they reach out for the rest of their lives. And then, of course, all the interactions this person will have with all those around them. Um, yeah. And hopefully, but it does happen where they then become the victimizer and, and it, it just stretches out. People don't realize it's like a ripple effect and that this is Absolutely. how evil works and that they need, and for lack of a better word, the human host to do this, to, to basically have this evil done to other human beings. All right. Um, and it's, it, it's a and, vicious cycle. Yeah, yes. it's a vicious cycle of evil, and the devil, he certainly takes great joy yes. when these types of cycles, you know, repeat over and over and over again. Yes, yes, and I have a lot of experience in this field I'm not going to go into, but I have a lot of extensive experience mm-hmm. firsthand, and what, and which is why I asked you. I've seen, unfortunately, multi-generational effects of it, all yeah. right, especially even among the generations that are still alive. And, but then when you talk mm-hmm. to some of them, they will tell you some other family history and you're like, okay. Uh, and, but you know, there's something here that, um, wants to keep you in its grip. Uh, and, and by extension, any, you know, everybody that comes into the family is born into the family, marriage into the family, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's incredible sometimes how long this can go on until, like you said, they contact somebody like you. And they can break that cycle uh, and say, that's it. You, this will not keep going forward through us. Uh, and But it, it, you have to be, uh, I want to say whether it's an individual or it's a family, depending. Mm-hmm. Because I will tell you something, Bill. I, and I'm not going to say this happens all the time. 
But in my experience, you'd be surprised how sometimes one traumatized person will end up getting in a relationship or married. Sometimes oh, to yeah, people, yeah. to somebody that has a similar background, almost. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's like, what, what are the chances? And I think that that's not coincidental, in other words. Not at all. That's what the devil wants. He wants yes. to keep that person enslaved. Yes. Yes, yes. And, that type uh, of situation over and over again throughout life. Yes. And people will say, and I'll say, you, you know what? I, I, it, coincidences, of course, always exist. But I've seen it in my own experience where it's like, this is not coincidental. The odds are too high. Mm -hmm. Where there's like I a agree. special attraction. And sometimes they'll even do this with more than one person, which has nothing to do with looks, physical looks. It has nothing to do with that. There's just something there that kind of like mad, magnet to steel will attract yeah. them because of this trauma, this shared trauma, this common denominator that they have. And of course, let's say we're talking a couple that have children, you know, and it's almost okay. Um, then of course, if you have children and then it, it's still, again, and like you said, it hasn't been resolved and it mm -hmm. gets visited on the next generation, even though they might have not had, even though they might not, be have been victimized but you know like you know you i'm sure you've seen it people that have had that trauma alcoholism uh oh, yeah. substance abuse all sure. these things um and of course you know then it's visited on their children because if you're a parent and you're a caretaker you could love your child but you're in the grip of let's say an addiction um your best intentions or love towards your child go by the wayside you see what i'm I saying i totally agree I totally agree. And so this is why it's so important for people to really consider making God first in their life and having a yes. real and authentic yes. and personal connection with God. Yes, yes. And, 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 and absolutely. once that happens, then you will, in developing a real connection and a strong connection, you'll have that level of holy discernment to know what to do because God will guide us in that way. So that's why it's so important forced to really consider it. Look, I can't twist anybody's arm to do anything, but what I can do is share the truth with people and say, look, this is what God did for me. This is how God saved me. And this is what God does for me and through me now for others. That's all 100% true. Yes, yes. So this is, uh, you know, the testimony and the seeds that I can plant with people, and then it's up to them from there. Well, exactly. And, and like you said, ultimately, we all always have free choice in everything, even yeah. that. You know, that, that, that uh, whatever people ultimately, people don't realize, you know, that no, you always have a choice. They might not be the and best choices, but you always have a choice. That's why there's an appetite of mankind in the first place. It's, he's there because of our free will. Yes. So, you know, this yes. has really worked out in God's perfect plan and way of doing things. I feel that God knew uh, the devil, Hasatan, Satan, whatever you want to call him, mm -hmm. uh, was going to rebel. And so, you know, he was a son of God. He was created. He's a created being. So, you know, I always say this to people. Just imagine now, the devil, he wants to ascend to the heights of the Most High. Right. Well, he was created by him. So, you know, right. he would love to have that level of mm -hmm. greatness and adulation, but, you know, it'll never happen because there's no way that he could be anywhere near God, Yahweh. There's mm -hmm. no way because he's a created being. So he is, uh, to me, he's like a rebel son. And, and God doesn't destroy him because mm -hmm. he actually serves a purpose. And his purpose is, again, to be the adversary, 
to mankind because of our free will. So when we uh, make some bad choices, there's going to be a consequence, and he's going to be right there to amplify and magnify that. So I say that from birth, I believe that Yahweh assigns angels to each and every one of us. Well, the devil copies everything that God does, and he puts a vulgar twist on it, so I believe that he assigns demons to people as well. They just look for openings. And whenever there's an opening, they are going to kick that door in, and then Mm -hmm. big problems are going to follow afterward. Of course. And and you mentioned before we started recording that, you know, know, you've always been very busy, but you've seen an uptick in cases. And I'm I'm going to ask you something, because, and I've, you know... I'm I'm in my 50s, so you know I tell everybody you know I I, I remember when um, movies or anything having to do with the devil or evil or Satan or Lucifer was in a very negative and he was ugly and scary, and yeah. I think that lately like the, what they did with the vampires, that they went from being scary to they made them sexy. Yep. And they've kind of done the same thing with with Satan. They 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 made him like a. That was on Lucifer. Yes, you know that was uh, he was the cool guy. He got all the girls. He had a nightclub. You know he wasn't such a bad guy after all. And that's what the theme is now in our world is to glorify the devil and evil and the scriptures tell us woe to those who call evil good and good evil and that's mm-hmm. exactly what is happening now everything right. is becoming upside down and so this next generation that's coming along here they won't know any different and they'll say right. oh well see he's not such a bad he's just misunderstood right. and that's how people are being led away from god in droves and they will accept um the devil and his minions and these uh, agendas that he has on the earth and the masses will blindly accept them because they won't know any better what does god say my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge so it right. is our responsibility and obligation to seek, and Jesus said, seek and you shall find, and the truth will set you free. So, again, we should be doing these things, but there are so many diversionary tactics in our society right. that right. leads people the, away from God. That's, and that was a point I was going to, that we get, you know, because, let's face it, especially now with media and everything, internet, TV, and everything, yeah. people, like you said, they they give this personification, like you said, in that, that show Lucifer, where, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, a cool guy, and, yeah, you know, the and, uh, and believe it or not, and if you listen to it, he's only guilty of asking, of in other words, he gives you what you really want. In other words, you asked for it. But they really make him evil. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, absolutely. Um, and, and there's a lot of other, even in the in the um, this show that's been running for a long a long time, Supernatural. Uh, same thing. They give evil like uh, almost like uh, this persona that is like almost human like. And I'm thinking to myself, there's nothing human about that. The, you know, isn't that amazing? And and there will be. You know, especially young people mm-hmm. that will take that in and embrace that. Yes. And then it becomes a brainwash and it mm-hmm. becomes a mind conditioning. So there's nothing that you or I could say right. to sway their thoughts in any way, shape, or form because they would say, You're crazy. No, it's not that at all. It's this because I see it on TV all the yes. time yep. and this is what they say. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And I think it's only if you're a certain age. And I've seen the transition. Like I tell him, you know, I remember when, like, remember when Stephen King came out with Salem's Lot? 
But the vampire yeah. was horrible looking. It's like, who yeah. would... You know, and then, of course, they they massaged his image, like his publicist, mm-hmm. and he was tall, dark, and wow. And it was like, okay, how did he go from being the vampire in Salem's Lot to, you know, the other versions that came out, like, after the 1970s, etc.? Um, it's just amazing. I mean, yeah. it is, uh, again, a glorification. So if you're glorifying something like this, mm-hmm. well, then it becomes attractive in a sense. And so then, you know, people are attracted to that. And they go, oh, wow, okay, well, this is actually pretty cool. Right. Let me ask you, do you, think that has, do you think that has something to do with the more activity on the cases that you've been called to? Do you think that's part of it? Not all of it, it but part, part of it. it. Okay. It is part of it. Now, part, again, is what we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. where, you know, people have really gone through levels of high trauma, and whether that is through right. molestation, rape, uh, some type of violent beatings, or right. uh, even severe mental abuse that can mm-hmm. cause to trigger all these types of, uh, you know, reactions right. and, and get a person into that, that high level of stress. However, uh, in a lot of cases, yes, people are being conditioned, and furthermore, Mm-hmm. I also believe that when people are taking in that type of programming, that's, believe me, TV is called programming for a reason. It's mind right. programming. This comes from the military-industrial complex, and people mm-hmm. should do some studies on this. Um, so when people are taking in programming, uh, the devil and his minions can travel through the airwaves. Uh, you know, again, right. the well, scriptures say the devil's the prince of the power of the air. That means the airwaves. So literally, uh, these things can come into your home yes. when you're watching and taking in certain things. Why? Because of free will and invitation, mm-hmm. knowingly or unknowingly, willingly or unwillingly. Just the fact of something with that type of content being on could give the devil enough legal right to send demons to come through and then to come upon someone and their household. Right, and, and which is, because I understand perfectly well, absolutely what you're talking about, trauma, childhood trauma, whatever the, you know, yeah. once systematic, whatever the case. But I was also looking at it from the aspect of what you said, the invite, mm-hmm. putting out the invite. And I said, people sometimes think of an invite as in RSVP, and it's like, there's different ways of putting out an invitation, especially at a metaphysical plane, as in I what totally you just explained. Some of these very same people, Marlene, would say, no, no, I never, I never did that. I never said that. Well, yeah, when you go back and look at it, yes, you did. And, and right. so uh, we have to be very, very careful mm-hmm. in everything that we do. And, yes. and so this is why I say people, I say to them, I caution them against following their heart. You know, that saying, right. follow your heart. Yeah. Well, that's not true. We should be following our mind because our heart is based on emotion. <laughs> So if we follow the heart, well, then we're following something on emotion and impulse, which is not good. So we have to step back and take a deep breath and then follow our mind because we have to soundly think about things before we make the decision to do something. So the devil knows this, and this is why he capitalizes on people that make those impulsive decisions. And then, boy, oh, boy, you know, once it's done, it's... right done and then you're somewhere else and you're going to have to have it removed in some way shape or form and usually it's by someone like me got working through me to come along and get rid of that garbage yes yes and and uh and uh, i i would say like you said that they um 
for lack, I'm going to use the word because I think it's the most appropriate. People are seduced into this. Yeah. Um, it's a perfect word. Because Because that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's really, and it's funny because supposedly when you're in your teenage years or in your, well, nowadays, I hate to say you're an adolescent into your thirties or whatever, mm-hmm. but you know, you're so Maybe. wanting to be independent. You know, I'm an adult, I'm grown up. I do my own, I do what I want. And it's not mm-hmm. really, uh, not really, that's what you think. But in many cases, um, like you said, they're impulsive or they don't stop to think, is this really, this is, you know, this is not going to be in my best interest. Exactly. Um, and then furthermore, now think about this. You have these quote unquote that uh, just it's mind boggling, Marlene, it's mind boggling. Some of these people and, yes. and they're elevated into places of idol worship. Yes. And they are open about worshiping the devil yes. and open about yes. trying to get others to follow them in that. Yes. And they are succeeding in some cases. Yes. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, the, I want to say it's like, it, it, it's, there's so many angles that it, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, even as a parent nowadays to, you, you have to be, I mean, you always have to be vigilant for your children. I'm, no, that's yeah. without saying, but now it's like they put this extra layer that you have to be vigilant about everything they say because everything comes sometimes it's disguised, you know? Yeah. Um, I totally agree. I'm going to, I'm going to give you, and I know somebody people out there are going to go, Marlene, uh, this movie that came out now, Maleficent, okay, which is the wicked stepmom or the wicked, you know, of the fairy tale, which was always the villain. You know, all stories have a villain. Okay. And now she's been turned into the heroine. But if you look at the storyline, it's almost like uh, it's couched into uh, feminism, you know, where before the princess had to be rescued by the prince, she doesn't need the prince anymore because, and now the, 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 the witch, okay, Maleficent, who was the one that, was evil is actually the good person, you know? And it's and like, what it's happened? Back to what we said earlier, yeah, it's a glorification of evil. So those, uh, the scripture says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And that's where we are right now. So uh, there's an agenda to um, really, how can I say this? Uh, well, they, they call it toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. So men like me, they want to be rid of, they want the sissified, effeminate, yes. um, subservient uh, yes. man that'll just curl up in the fetal position, yes. and then they're trying to make the woman, you know, the strong and dominant one, and all mm-hmm. this. And this is totally out of order with God. No. This is what the devil wants. Yes. He reverses everything, and that's what's taking place here. So you have again these, and and let me say this, and I've been saying it for years. You know, those types of movies and productions from Disney mm-hmm. and all these other they're yeah. evil. They are they are totally yeah. evil. They are mind programming for children. Yeah, and I mean, parents should really study about all of this before they allow their children to watch these kinds of yes, things. Because yes. if you really study about it, there are many disturbing things like witchcraft and Satanism and yeah. sex, uh, you mm-hmm. know, that are 
programmed and lumped into this that people and certainly children don't realize what they're seeing, but it's all there. You can start to do some research and, uh, you know, if people want to know the truth, it's going to require them to dig a little bit. And, you know, the truth will set you free. Seek and you will find. And for me, I'd rather know the truth any day than living a lie. And uh, it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't share in that, that yes. they'd rather live in the lie yes. and say, okay, well, it's not affecting me or my household, so I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Well, let me tell you something. Eventually, it will affect you and your household. Well, well see, and this is the thing that people don't realize that, again, they're, the message, the underlying message is put into the movies or or show or whatever and on the face of it you think oh it's just a story but then and i'm going to give you for example especially when your children are younger i remember when my kids were younger i this was back in vhs dvd times i would buy them because my kids would watch movies over and over and over and over and over yeah. and over i could before i could have recited like lady the tramp i knew all the songs because my yeah. kids were watching these shows over and over now can you imagine if you're taking these movies or these shows that your children, uh, you may say you bought the series or the DVDs or whatever, yeah, it's and they're watching them programming. over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Absolutely, and it's it's there. All that is by design. So even if we're looking at something, and it's there's some type of. Uh, hypnotic suggestion placed mm -hmm. in that which yeah. happens all the time yes. in commercials especially mm -hmm. uh, even though we don't see it or perceive it our mind does and takes yeah. it in and that suggestion is already absorbed into our brain and so yes. believe me the devil knows what he's doing and his minions and the human minions on this planet that uh and i was just saying this last night i truly believe that um are certainly our world leaders. They're not in charge of anything. I think that uh, the real leaders of this earth are not even human at all. And um, these world leaders are just puppets, and they just take their directives yes. from these, uh, whomever they are. And I, I really believe that's what's going on, and that's one chaos in the world, because this is part of an invasion. This is part of turning man against each other to where it's divided, conquer tactics, and then it's easy to just conquer everybody after a period of time, and, and I believe that's where we're headed. Um, I pray that God would have, have mercy on us, but he's not going to lift a finger until we decide that we want to come back to him and make him first. And if you read the Old Testament, you'll see the theme over and over and over again where the people turned against God and they just uh, did their own thing and so then God would send somebody to warn them and in the case of Nineveh you know that was Jonah and the whale and, mm -hmm. and Jonah he hated the Ninevites he didn't want to go and warn them about anything but God had him to go there and warn them that if they didn't turn uh, from their wicked ways and come back to him, they was going to destroy them. And, and Jonah went there, and the king, he spoke with the king, and the king certainly believed him, and the king made changes, and the people did come back to God, and God spared them. But a hundred years later, they went back to their wickedness, and God destroyed them. Well, you know, it's people don't realize, and, uh, and I'm going to go back to something you said, Bill. You know, I'm a trained hypnotherapist, and people don't realize what you said mm -hmm. about the movies, that certain tone, uh, certain beats will put you in yeah. a, a suggestible. And something really important people don't realize, high degrees of anxiety will put you in a hypnotic trance. 
People think yeah. that for you to be hypnotized, you have to be like, you know, when you see people with their eyes closed, you know, oh, no, no, you could be with your eyes opening and seemingly function and you could be in a deep hypnotic state. Okay. Yeah, High levels of anxiety will put you. And that's why uh, certain move. And I tell something, okay, think all these blockbusters. Now remove the soundtrack and tell me if the impact is the same on the movie. Just pull, totally pull back, agree. pull out the music, take out the, the beats, especially some of those beats that are done, uh, that, you know, that heighten the feet, you know, depending on what the movie is, of course, but, you know, whether it's a cliffhanger yeah, or whatever. Woman, Marlene, that's exactly right, and most yeah. people don't understand that. Yeah, when they get become immersed in that, by the way, I love movies. I'm not, I, by this, I, I'm not saying ruin it for everybody, because some of, some of these scores are beautiful. Some of these scores are absolutely beautiful, but there's mm -hmm. others depending on the theme of the of the movie. And I want to say, mm -hmm. say especially later on, that they have certain beats that will put you, immerse you, and put you in a hypnotic trance. Okay, absolutely. Uh, and Look, it, it, all life operates on frequency and yes. vibration. They know this. Yes, and um, uh, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the, you know, I I believe that sometimes we're People think, I think that sometimes we're given too much fear by our society. And mm -hmm. and I know everybody's different. Some people will, are more worried, you know, will worry more than others. I know your personality has a lot to do with how you take in. But I think yeah. that the reason that sometimes we're driven with all these fearsome things is to put us in a state of anxiety, of continuous anxiety, so that we're, thereby we're very suggestible. Because the thing is, yes, we're, we're supposed to handle stress. Nobody leaves a perfect life and things happen and you, you stress and you resolve them. That we're, we can, we're equipped to handle that. But when you're bombarded with these high levels of stress, sometimes over things that you think, I have no control over, like what you were saying, especially problems that look not only on an individual basis, but overall to society, something inevitable, you feel, oh my God, how can I, this is inescapable, you know, but you get hit with that day after day, people, that's why you hear so many people are anxious uh, or are yeah. meds. <laughs> that's all by design too. Exactly, to have, exactly. Uh, you know, a nation of pill junkies and, and to yes. where you can, and it's so sad because the pharmaceutical company, yes. they're making billions yes. at the expense of the people. Yes. And meanwhile, the people become enslaved because um, they rely on this now. So yes. they've got to have it. Yes. And it's, you know, in a lot yes. of these meds are addictive. So, you know, once you get the mm -hmm. people on that, well, then in a lot of yes. cases, there's no coming off of it because they're yeah. addicted and they're going to stay on it. Well, what happens is that it binds to the receptors in your brain. You know how, you know, which is what happens, you know, say, let's say you're a drug addict for whatever drug, you know, I'm talking here legal. What happens is it binds to the brain receptors, you know, and this is where you get your reward. In other words, you know, people that are not on, uh, let's say that abuse drugs, they get yeah. a new present and that makes them happy. Like, wow, or they're looking forward to going to, uh, we're going to go do this. Wow. You know, because it's, it's, it's like a high. It's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you but know. now mm -hmm. when the only thing that makes you happy, you, you've basically trained your brain to only be happy when you get that drug. For example, yeah. but the next you're thing, exactly right. The things that would make you, I'm going to give you a, a woman perspective. I got a new pair of shoes. They're beautiful. Wow. Yeah. You know, you do that to some drug addicts and they don't care. <laughs> you know, all they want, the only pleasure that they experience in their brain is the drugs. And then, of course, and you leapfrog from um, illegal to what you said, legal drugs. 
and yeah. almost, and, and basically it kind of runs your life and you think you can't manage without it. And I'm going to, I'm going to segue back into, I think that leaves a person very vulnerable to demonic, whether it's oppression or influence or whatever, you know, the case you might be, believe it. uh, it's like almost like a backdoor and, you know, God forbid, if there is, like you said, a history of trauma for that person, it's like, it can be quite severe. Um, I totally agree. Where they're, they're like, everything you said is absolutely 100% true. Now, when, let me ask you something, Bill, when, what do you suggest? Um, because I'm sure you're, you're one person, you cannot be everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. What do you, um, I guess, suggest to people when they start either realizing it, becoming aware of it, or basically accepting that they might be tangled in something that's demonic, that's trying to either ruin their lives or their families? What, what do you think yeah. that, that they should start doing? They need to get help right away, and whether okay. they contact me or someone else, they need. And you know, here's another sad, unfortunate thing, Marlene, is mm-hmm. that some of the clients that I've had told me that they went to their church, oh, to their pastor, yes. to their priest, and they were turned away. And then yes. they, uh, these people would say, "What do you want me to do? I'm not trained in that." Can you imagine? I mean, you're you're claiming to be a man of God, an agent yeah. for God. And then you turn people away and say, oh, I'm not trained in that. I can't help you. Or, or then dismissed as a crazy person and, oh, those things aren't real. Well, wait a minute. You're up there preaching the Bible, and certainly there's uh, many examples of Jesus uh, casting out demons in the Bible. And, and so you're, uh, you're, you're standing there, supposedly an agent for God, and yes. then you're turning around the other way saying, oh, I don't believe in that, and we don't do that, and I'm not trained in that. And it's just sad and unfortunate, but this is what our society is has been reduced to and so it's very sad and unfortunate again i thank god and praise god for having me to be in this position to be of help to people in this way and i'll continue to do so um more than likely for the rest of my life and i praise god for that um but people need help by the way because you can't let something like that go because it will through fear and then all the uh negative emotions that go along with that this stuff will get empowered, and it yes. will amplify and magnify until there are serious, serious problems. Right. Well, I, I, as, as a paranormal investigator, I have run across that scenario where you spoke of where people, whether it's demonic or not, and I'm not saying that, that, that they mm-hmm. went to clergy and they got that, and they were like, oh, it's like they don't believe me. And I said, no, they do believe you. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, they do believe you. But can you imagine if they admit to you, I believe you, but I'm so scared myself? Exactly. That I'll just be dismissive because what am I going to tell you? I'm supposed to be the person here who should have the faith to go in there and do battle with you. But I'm so scared. So I just rather act like you're a dingbat <laughs> or or you're yeah. imagining things instead of. So it's dismissing the person. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They believe it. They don't have. It's not that they don't believe it. On the contrary, they really believe it. And they yeah. know what the danger is. And what they're combating, but they what are they gonna say uh, to you when you come here in, in a very to, to, to you it's in a very serious uh, situation, and do you really think that I'm sorry, but they're they're not about to let out that hey uh, I'm good for regular stuff, regular religious stuff, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, but leave me out of that. Uh, instead of you know 
okay, this is, this is, this I know exists, but I'm scared of it. And by the way, I'm sure that, you know, in other words, I'm scared of it, scared that I, it's even more powerful than my belief in God. How's that? In my faith. Isn't that amazing? And, you know, I've been flown to churches uh, in the past, several, to perform deliverances over the pastor, their wives, their family, congregation, the church, the property, um, because they had demons in the church, and they had demons and curses in or around them and their families. And uh, I was recently on an episode of the Travel Channel series uh, called The Holzer Files, and I was flown there to... uh, perform a spiritual deliverance over a lady that was under severe demonic oppression, and she was headed for a full possession mm-hmm. and or suicide, and, okay. and God worked through me to help her and take that from her, and I'm happy to tell you that she's had a total transformation in her life, and she's doing very well, and I've heard from her regularly ever since, and I'm, I'm just so thankful to God for that. But um, we had, uh, the show had gotten a church I don't know if they rented it or whatever from right. from this uh, pastor out there. Mm-hmm. Very nice man. I uh, enjoyed meeting him. Very good man, nice man. But he mm-hmm. told me himself, uh, no way. He's terrified of all that yeah. because I said to him, would you like to assist me in this, uh, performing this mm-hmm. deliverance? He said, no way. I don't want yeah. any parts of that. No way. That, right. That and you must. terrifies me and all that. So, he backpedaled, I bet, hard, hard. It was like, what? Nope. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now let me ask you something. Absolutely and people don't realize that there's a lot of them out there. By this, I don't mean they're bad people and they have faith, but ultimately they, it's like, I, like I said, I've heard of this a lot of times. I even had one gentleman who I said, well, you know what? Between, you know, the, the, he had asked a priest to go out there and he said the priest, like, was very dismissive, like, ran in the house and all he got was really a blessing. Blessed it. And I'm leaving. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I said, well, yeah. you know what? Um, you know, if you want to, in the meantime, because he just called me and he's, you know, we he, through a third party. I said, can you go get some holy water? And he told me, well, do I have to tell the priest that I'm going to get the holy? Like, in other words, he had been going, by the way, he was, he had been in that parish for like 30 years. Okay. In other words, he had been going to church in this parish for a long, and I hate to say it, it was, he was, he was worried about, because of how he was treated by this one priest, that he would be looked at as the weirdo, you know? Exactly. So there would be negative ramifications against him for getting help. Right, right. So I said, no, I'm sure you can go and get some holy water from one of the fonts or if they have a fountain. Yeah. I mean... I'm, you don't have to, as far as I know. There's no, there's nothing that says you need permission to get some holy water. Exactly. Uh, and uh, but he was worried. I was like, what is this? You know, how does that happen? Where you know you're all of a sudden you're you're worried that this is a place you go to every Sunday for services, and you don't want to be looked at because, of course, to you it's like if the priest is looking at me like I'm weird, like oh you're yeah. that person. Do I really want it to get out that? I might have something going on in my house, a haunting or something like this. And that was like, that that that, that really made me very sad when I heard that. Um, it is sad because these people, through, and that becomes a brainwash in itself to where, you know, these people now, 
they're afraid to ask for anything, so they'd rather just yes. stay in all of the, the stress and anxiety and torment and attack than to go and try and get help because they're afraid of somebody getting upset. Yes, yes. Especially people don't realize that sometimes when people belong to, 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 to certain churches, especially for a long time, and everybody knows them and they know everybody, um, yeah. they, you know, yeah, I, I don't want to say like a reputation, but it's almost like um, if what's wrong with you is normal stuff. When I mean normal stuff as a non-paranormal, everybody's willing to extend a hand and help you out. And that's the way it should be. And, yes. you know, when I had, before I started this journey of all the travel, I used to hold uh, services in um, in the Baltimore area. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how I always wanted it to be, that everybody was in this together. We're right. all in this together, so we need to help each other. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate in some of these churches of today People go there, they don't know anybody. They just no. go there and nobody knows anybody, and especially right. when you're talking about the bigger churches. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows anybody. So you've got a gigantic room full of strangers, yes. and you don't have anybody. And right. the pastor or priest, they're supposed to be the ambassador mm -hmm. to try and bring these people together. They're not doing it. And so therefore, you've got a room full of strangers, and right. nobody wants to do anything to help anybody in any way right. because everybody's a stranger. Exactly. Exactly. There's no, um, there's no ties that bind you. Regular stuff, so that when a crisis does come up, then this person is willing. They know you. They know you, or they know your family. Yeah, exactly. So then everybody would step up and say, "Hey, we got to help so and so yes, here." Exactly. Because we're all in this thing together. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I, I've seen that. I've seen that. And uh, and of course, when you're talking about what we're talking about here, which is a haunting, whether it's demonic or not, it, you know something that this person is coming to grips with and um they just they do realize sometimes you know contrary to what we were talking about the people that that go to the religious help as the last thing these are the people that are willing and ready and able to go in that direction right away but then they're blocked they yeah. they're looked at as in you know did you do something or what did you do or or because it's, the, the truth is, and I'm sure you've seen it, Bill, it, this scares a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the devil, that's his greatest tool, fear. Yes, because, yes. you know, again, it goes back to frequency and vibration. So when we're on high frequency, high vibration, life is good. We are moving forward. Yes. And uh, we are blessed. And, and it is not that we have a perfect life, but we mm -hmm. have a very good life. Yes. And, but when a person's on low frequency, and I've been there, believe me, it's as if the black cloud is over somebody's head. Nothing ever goes right. Yes. Nothing ever will. There's yes. always a problem, a drama, a situation, and never yes. an answer. Right. Which ultimately, of course, That's the aim the is to isolate the person, is isolation. Yeah. Um, and then it goes downhill from there. Isolation is very bad, and, uh, you know, nobody understands me, nobody cares. Uh, sometimes exactly. you will even find that even among family members, where you will have, and I've seen this, where for some reason, some person in the family will experience the majority of the phenomena to the point that every, even the other family members kind of start giving them the look like, oh, it's, you know, you're imagining it. And it's, again, the they isolation. They can't relate in a sense. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 and, it's, and it's, so it's, then it, it creates more division. Of course. And it's, it's, for lack of a better word, it's called psychological warfare. But... Um, yes. Uh, on a spiritual it goes hand level. in hand with the spiritual aspect, and so that's why I say 
to people, it is essential, it's very necessary that we are strong in mind, body, and spirit. Yes. We have to be strong in all three of those facets in life to be able to move forward, truly move forward, without having this kind of torment. Yes, and people don't realize that, um, that I, and again, yes, I agree, there are people that sometimes they bring it on themselves because they dabble in things they shouldn't. Uh, they go places they shouldn't. They hang out with people they shouldn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that. I understand that. And, but sometimes things basically fall on people or families just because they're at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, you know, or true. yeah, they it, it, they they they're really at their wits' end, uh, trying to figure out what's going on, uh, whether it's the place that they lived in or just something like i said being at the wrong place at the wrong time i mean it could be a series mm -hmm. of things uh and again I, I like what you said that the the first step would be of course to reach out to help for somebody and don't be put yeah, off right, if, right if if let's say you do reach out to somebody in the clergy or you know religious and they don't not even if they don't turn you away but they kind of like make you feel like they kind of poo-poo you, <laughs> um, then go find some somebody else. You know? Exactly. And I tell people, look, I'm very, very busy, but I'm never too busy to help somebody. And they can reach out to me anytime. Just visit billbean.net. You can email me directly yes. from the site. And and I'll have somebody get back to you. More than likely to be, uh, you know, my assistant Melinda or my assistant Mara. Uh, one of the two will get back and get back very quickly. Okay. And, and we will get you help. Right, exactly, which is super important. That's, I think, like, when I tell people, you know, the first step is to reach out because you're not a mind reader. You know, you, you, yeah. that they have to take the first step and reach out to you uh, and take, then, you know, then just trust that you'll work it out from there. But unless they reach out to you, uh, then nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Exactly right. Um, so it is essential that the person, you know, when they know that they're going through something like that, just right away say, I want to nip this in the bud before this turns into something very, very bad. Let me ask you something, Bill. I'm going to have a link to your website, but for my podcast listeners, what is your website address? Uh, my website is www.billbean.net. Okay. All right. And, and as far as the book that came out, The Dark Force Revisited, is that available uh, if people want to, do they go to your website, to Amazon? Yes. Okay. They, either one. Uh, they can either go to Amazon and purchase a copy, or they can go to BillBean.net and get a copy as well. So it's available either way. Uh, if they come to BillBean.net and order from there, uh, I will. if they want me to, I'll personally sign it and send it out to oh. them as soon as possible. Great. Perfect. All right. Uh, okay, guys, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, because and I'm very conscientious about this because Bill needs his rest. <laughs> so, you know, I know, I know, but you know what? No, but you know what, Bill? I totally understand that there has to, for you to do the work that you do, it's not only spiritual, it's a physical thing as well. You need yeah. those boundaries. Otherwise, you couldn't be able to do what you do. It would be impossible. You're exactly right. Uh, so, uh, Absolutely um, um, right. Guys, I'll be right back. I'm going to blank out a second because I wanted to tell B, um, Bill something important, but I, this is for his ears only. So hold on. Sit, sit tight just a second. I'm back. Okay. Yeah, no, there was something I wanted to talk to Bill about. Um, 
not personally, well, personally, it's something about that, some of the work that I've done in the past uh, that I don't share with the public, but he would understand where I was coming from, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to record that. But, um, yeah, you know, in, in, that, in that book, <clears throat> you know, this is, uh, talk, talks about his experiences that he had as a kid, um, which I'm sure uh, for, for, I'm sure a lot of people know who Bill Bean is, but you know, they, a, a haunted, there's been various, um, shows that have done that version of what happened to him as a kid and how his family was affected and him, of course. And it was quite severe. And we were talking where, you know, as, as difficult as it was when he was having these experiences as a child, especially as a child. Okay. Uh, there was no way that he could have foreseen that those experiences, as horrible as they were, would serve him in the work that he does now. Um, and the reason I bring that up is not everybody that has horrific childhood or family circumstances. And by this, let me explain something. A lot of people think that um, childhood abuse has to be something that's done to you, you know, to your body, whether it's physical abuse, sexual molestation, blah, 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 blah. Not necessarily. You could be traumatized as a child by being witness to certain things. Again, once or systematically. Okay. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be the target of it. But being witness, um, living uh, in circumstances will victimize you and cause you trauma. And my point being that, you know, not everybody is going to be a person that does what Bill Bean does, okay, which is a ministry, et cetera, et cetera. My point being that you could have endured something along these lines, whatever, directly, direct, indirectly, whatever. However, it, that doesn't mean that you will forever have to live being traumatized and victimized by what happened to you. There comes, like I said, and I was saying, there, 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 you know, the acceptance part, As people sometimes make the mistake of saying, oh, acceptance means it's okay. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But you will never be able to go back and redo that. That, that redo button doesn't exist. And some people spend their whole lives trying to look for the redo button. You know how they do it? They engage, they have significant relationships with people that are very similar in characteristics to the people that uh, made them suffer or victimize them. Okay? Uh, I want to give you, an, a, for instance, let's say you were a child that lived in a household where one of your parents or caretakers had an alcohol problem. This person loved you, but they had a serious alcohol problem and you as a child suffered enormously. Okay. I remember there was a, a lady, she's an adult now, by the way. And she tells me how her dad had a very severe alcohol problem. By this, by the way, the, the gentleman I want to say he was either an electrician or a plumber. He had he had he had his own little company where he worked and he was able to maintain his house as in he would work 
But he had this problem where he was drinking, like not like, oh, I'm going to have a drink and pass out on the sofa. He was, he, he got really, he would like go on drinking binges. And then when he would, by the time he got home, he was raging. Okay. And she told, would tell me these stories how they lived in this town, which was like down a country. It wasn't like a big populated, but basically they lived kind of rural outside where there was a road. And she says that it was her and her three siblings. It was four of them. And she would, they kind of like already knew the noise of when he got home. Like I said, he would come home raging. And that her and her siblings would slip out one of the bedroom windows. Like they all knew. Everybody was on the same page. And they would run down the road and hang out. And the only one that would stay in the house would be her mom, who kind of like handled this. And they already timed it. They kind of knew how long it would take him to basically pass out asleep in the bed. Okay. And then they would all come back into the house. Kids, children. I'm not talking teenagers. I'm talking children. Like 10, 8, 7, you know, that is four of them. That they would know, okay, we can go back in the house now, slip back in the same way we did, and everybody go back to sleep. This didn't happen once. But she was telling me this was almost every night for years. Okay. And by the way, her dad loved them his way, whatever it was talking. They loved their cat, dad. But and th that's my point of the witnessing part. Okay. That they lived with this, uh, you know, and apparently her mom knew how to handle him, even though she had to, it was very combative, but the mother was the first one that knew that they had run down the road, by the way, because to her in her mind was, I, I can't protect you in the house. I, I'm a full grown, you know, in other words, go out. I, I know that if you're out under that big tree down the road, you're safe. And you guys already know when you can come back. Okay. In other words, this is how much of a routine it was. Again, she grew up, she had you know, by the time I met her, she had been married to the same man for many years and they had children and and everything, okay? And luckily, luckily, she married somebody uh, who didn't have an alcohol problem. He was a little bit manipulative, a little bit domineering, but who cares at the end of the day? But I've seen very similar circumstances where people... Let's say that same scenario, they they want the redo button, so they end up with somebody very very similar. Let's say like what her dad. That you would think, who would want if you know if you endured this through your childhood, why would you ever subject yourself and possibly your children to the same circumstances? And there's a lot of people that do because what they're trying to do is they want the redo button. Okay, but I can't actually get my dad, let's say, and I'm going to use the dad as an example in this, like, like I said in the story, it could be, but it could be anybody. I, you know, I can't bring him in and I can't let time travel is not possible. So I'm going to hit the redo button with this person who, by the way, physically doesn't have to look. And sometimes even when you meet this person, they don't show all the signs, but there's something in you that knows that recognizes down the road. I will be able to do the redo with this person because this person will start to behave 
just like that caretaker that gave me the sense of instability and and you know and these people that de developed this hypervigilance because come on you got to run out of your house as a kid and wait till your dad passes out that that right there's the main ingredient for hypervigilance because you don't know what's going to happen even though you kind of in a way it's kind of a little bit routine and um and, and then they find themselves in these relationships as adults, very similar, and they can't kind of understand how they end up there again. And even in, the, in, in their conscious mind, they don't get it, but their subconscious mind is doing the redo thing, okay? And in some cases, it, and again, it depends, it varies on a lot of things, okay? When we're coming back to what? we were talking about with Bill Bean as far as what are the outcomes or the results of people when they experience childhood trauma in whatever ways. Everybody's different. I'm sure you've heard it. You'll have siblings like I described. Some of them will go through some type of trauma, sometimes systematic. When I mean systematic for days, weeks, months, years. And you'll have some that handle it. Yeah, they got their bumps and bruises maybe in their emotional life. but And then you'll got one that's a total wreck. And you'll say, well, or they, be, or, or they do horrible things or they become a criminal. or I mean, And everybody will say, well, how come these others, you know, they're okay. You know, they handled it. And then there's this one who's like, because everybody's different. Everybody, every personality is different. Everybody takes in things differently. All right. I mean, there's it's like, you know, again, so but and, and this is and sometimes my point being when you have something like evil as an evil E, whether you want and I'm saying evil for this. I think this thing with the devil, demon, Lucifer, Satan, it's been so overused that it's been trivialized, trivialized. So I'm going to put evil. As in all encompassing evil, the destruction of the human soul, of innocence, the corruption of a human being, it will target, let's say, that one person, let's say in a sibling group, who is the most vulnerable to destroy. You see what I'm saying? For whatever, because of their character, their personality makeup, um, maybe when this happened, they were the youngest, or it, it, it could be so many things, but. And so sometimes what I'm saying is, yes, sometimes it is a personality thing, as in why this one person seems so affected. But then you also have in the background, you have something that is evil saying, well, of all, any, many, many, mo, hmm, no, this one right here, this one's softer, this one's easier, this one is more vulnerable, this one I can mold into doing really horrible stuff because these others hmm, this is going to be my one this is the one okay and that is also <clears throat> you know it affects all the uh, like what he was saying all these experiences do affect you in, in, a, in a, on a body level okay absolutely you know as far as what hormones your brain releases okay and the brain's plasticity and you know what you expect and what i was talking about brain but 
on a spiritual level, sometimes you get targeted. And you would think, well, isn't that kind of manipulative? Yeah, but that's what evil is. It's manipulative. Hello? <laughs> you know, of course it is. Of course it is. That's why sometimes um, you'll have one family members that... Uh, and, 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 and something I really want to clarify because people think that you could be a person that whether you've had trauma, not trauma, or maybe a rough upbringing, whatever, you could be a real jerk. Let's put it bluntly. You could be a son of a bitch or a bitch or whatever. But there is something in you that will not allow you to hurt another human being. By this hurt as in kill, maim, go after what evil wants. Because everybody thinks, oh, so you mean these other siblings, they all are peaches? No. They could be really rough, but evil was unable to get in its grip to where they do the really horrible stuff. Though really, you could have some people that you could say, man, wow, that family. Yeah, sometimes they're not the nicest people. They're not. But they would never go out and there's, what's the word I'm looking for? Because People run hot and cold. Sometimes people do stupid and malicious stuff in a moment and they, re they regret it and they, they realize it. But they're not evil. They're, 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 there's no perpetual malice in what they do. Or they have a conscience where they say, man, that's not right. You know, I'm a jerk, but man, that's not right. There's people there that, 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 that yeah, you doesn't have to me like you're like, ah, you know, I'm the nicest, sweetest person all the time. No, there's people out there that are real jerks, but they have a conscience and they can empathize. Hey, man, if I do that, that's, uh, I'm not going to do that. The, the difference is that the introduction of evil into somebody's soul, when it, it gets a, a hold of them, let's say we're talking here via childhood experiences, it kind of erases or puts back all the natural things that we have that ha make you feel sorry for somebody. Like, yeah, you know, or, or you think of, man, if I do that, that, you know, you, I, I, that's not right. Whether it's to a human being, to an animal, you know, the, again, and I've told this to people, if you want to see a hallmark of evil, look for somebody that's into destruction versus creation. The person that wants to destroy, I guarantee you, there's something there either full-fledged or influencing that person, all right? And uh, and then, of course, you know, we go, which is part of the book that, you know, he's re-edited, that Dark Force, which is if I, I ask everybody to read it because he even told me, he goes, now, looking back, I, I, I remember certain details that as my understanding has grown, I realize and I've included in the book things that I didn't have in my original original edition, um, is what are the effects of and what is the outcome that doesn't have to necessarily be that if you went through these series of traumas in your family, that that's it, you're done for, you're never going to get over it. No, on the contrary, read the book, look at what the possibilities are, where this person uh, took all these negative experiences and said, I'm going to use them 
I wish I hadn't experienced this, but since I did, I'm going to use them for understanding, and in this case, to help other people. By the way, coming back to what we said, something that even a lot of other uh, people that are involved with religion or religious or spiritual work are afraid of. And I'm going to repeat it. Not because they don't believe it. They do believe it. They really believe it. More than you think. Okay? But they just don't want to come out and tell you, you know what? Uh, if you were coming to me for marriage counseling or because your teenager is giving you grief, I could help you with that. Absolutely. You know, we'll work on that right away. But when it comes to that, am I going to admit to you that I don't have the faith for that? Then you'd be looking at this person going, wait a minute, I'm coming to you maybe every Sunday or, or whatever, thinking, you know, uh, for religious instruction or interpretation or, you know, if you, this person is giving a sermon or talking to you or to even telling you, do this, don't do that, don't sin, you know, <clears throat> you should be living your life. But wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're not really spiritual. Yeah, it sounds good, but you're not really spiritual because the whole the whole premise of religion and spirituality is an understanding of what's not, you know, material. Scary, sure. But so you're telling me that you don't have the faith? Like I what he said about that pastor who's he's saying, Hey, come and help me and the guy's like, ah, 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 ah. If you think that's uncommon, it's not uncommon. It is not uncommon. Okay, it is not uncommon. Because, and and by this, it's almost like they themselves recognize, if I go out there and do battle with this, it will recognize that I have a big giant hole in my belief in my God. Um, you know, I don't think they do it recently, but because now, you know, they don't even put religion in in, 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 uh, in vampire movies. You know, it's like, whatever. Wish him away. But, you know, once upon a time when they would do, let's say, Dracula movies or vampire movies where you would be, the, the, the cross and religious items were like anathema to the, to the vampire. Uh, you guys remember Fright Night, okay? Uh, the, 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 the would-be uh, Dracula vampire hunter, James Vincent or Vincent James or whatever, how he takes out the cross and the vampire says, you have to believe in it for it to work. Well, <laughs> some of these, not all, I don't want to generalize. Some of these people that do work in, you know, that uh, are pastors or priests or whatever, they're the Vincent James. And they know it. And they really do believe in evil because they know it exists. They're afraid that when they go out there and try to confront it on behalf of a parishioner or somebody that's come to them for help, the devil or the demon or whatever it is, God forbid, you know, like they're, they're, that person is really talking about something really dark and malevolent. It's going to go, oh, yeah? You want to tangle with me? Let's see. Because their faith is not there. In other words, they have the limitations. But they're lying to their parishioners. Then you would think, okay, well, then you have to do a lot of soul searching. Do you really, are you really supposed to be doing what you're doing? Maybe you should just be a counselor. <laughs> but don't stand up there in a pulpit and preach 
and pretend to have a level of faith and belief that you don't have. Because, you know, comes to counseling, marriage counseling, you can go to a counselor. Uh, I, you know, I've handled situations where I've done referrals for people that go to want a therapy and they say, I want a faith-based counselor. And I understand because for them, spirituality and religion and the religious beliefs is important. They think that it's integral to uh, their therapy. But that relationship is based strictly first on going to a therapist, somebody that understands uh, you know, the, 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 the way therapy works. You know, and of course, they're integrating religion into it. But it's not the same as somebody that you go see who is a spiritual or church leader for you. Different, different approach. Okay. And I hope, you know, for anybody that, that thinks, uh, you know, uh, this will never happen to me. Hopefully it will not. But you never know when, if it's not you, it's really weird. Sometimes things come to where you could... The good deed that you do, okay, is where you learn of or there's a moment where you could tell a person for whatever the circumstances, oh my God, this is happening to me. And um, Hey, well, you know what? Have you read this book? Why don't you get in contact? There's a man by the name of Bill Bean. This is his website. Reach out to him. I think he can help you. Yeah. Sometimes that's the way it works. You know, getting somebody that maybe is isolated, possibly might have been turned away by their religious or maybe not have any connection to a church or a community or spiritual or nothing in their, 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 their wits end. You know, and you are that person's guardian angel because for some reason, circumstances put you in that position of being able to say sometimes even sometimes doesn't even have to be somebody really well known that for some reason confides in you maybe because they don't know you that well that you tell them oh really and you don't dismiss them and you say wow you know what I've heard of this man and this is his website address why don't you check it out because that's the way it works sometimes it's that one little thing that changes the outcome you know, that is the way of the light worker. That is the way good works, goodness works. Okay, the chance encounter, the, the like the one kindness, uh, that is, that's sometimes how it works. It doesn't always necessarily have to be um, a headliner, in other words. So anyway, guys, I hope you like the show. What do you think of my unicorn uh, headset? You know, I... I you know, I get these because let's face it, some some of this subject matter is a little bit dark, and you know, or it reminds me not to take myself seriously. But anyway, guys, thank you for being part of my audience. You're all wonderful. Um, in case by the time you listen to it, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Um, and we didn't get to talk to Bill about it. Happy Thanksgiving, you know, uh, and all those, you know, Happy New Year. I'm not sure when I'll stagger the show, but anyway, guys. Thank you for being part of my audience. I really appreciate it. Take care.